Welcome everybody, today's guest, mate, what an honor. It is the head coach of the freestyle fight team, Joe Lopez. Uh, you might know him as the head coach of Alexander Volkanovsky, the UFC featherweight champion. Now, it's a great honor to have Joe Lopez on. Uh, he's on to promote Wollongong Wars 10, which is May 12th, kicking off at 6 p.m. at the Sports Hub uh, in Greenville in New South Wales. Uh, some real cracking fights. Uh, he goes on to talk about the fact that he's putting on the show just so some of his guys can, can even get fights. Now, along with Alex Volkanovsky, uh, Joe Lopez also has uh, Jarrett Wilbraham who fought in uh, Hex. Of course, you've got Justin Van Heerden, who's the eternal champ. Uh, he's got Mina Hedaya, who was a title uh, title contender, came up short against uh, Lisa Kiriakou, amazing fighter uh, in her own right. Uh, Colby Thickness, who is honestly, I mean, I know everyone says it, but he, he's, very, he's very much the future of mixed martial arts, especially since he's been training with... Uh, Volkanovski and Joe Lopez since he was a, a teenager. Uh, he goes on to talk uh, about those guys, uh, and of course some of his even younger guys and uh, and uh, more inexperienced guys at the gym. Um, he's putting on this show just for them, uh, so so do check it out. Uh, go find out at Freestyle uh, Fight Team on um, on Instagram, and of course uh, we dive into uh, just kind of how Joe Lopez got into into. Coaching. Uh, we do talk about Alex Volkanovsky uh, and Yair Rodriguez, uh, their title fight that's coming up. I think it's made official today at UFC uh, 290, I think on July 8th, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be very entertaining and, and very interesting as he drops some, some, uh, some pearls of wisdom as to what we can expect. Uh, from Alex, uh, and uh, of course we just talk about his uh, his coming into the sport, what what Joe Lopez wants out of his fighters, what he wants for the future, and the fact that he was even once uh, working security and uh, a bit of like a, a bodyguard for uh, some really high-profile Australian musicians, uh, Ice-T, uh, Michael Hutchins from NXS, so we find out more about that. Uh, guys, if you want to get in contact, AustralianMMA underscore on Instagram or you know YouTube, wherever you're listening. If you're on YouTube and you want to check out the podcast, grab the podcast, Australian MMA. But ladies and gentlemen, I, it's, it's one of my favourite chats that I've had uh, so far this year, so... Without further ado, it is my pleasure, head coach, Joe Lopez. Joe Lopez, mate, welcome. Okay, thanks for having me on. Now, mate, Wollongong Wars 10, Friday 12th of May at uh, the Sports Hub, Greenville, New South Wales. Doors opening at 5 p.m. 10th show. Uh, first of all, as like a, a promoter guys, uh, guy putting on fights, how does it feel to, to have 10 in the bag? Uh, it usually takes me 12 months to get over doing a show. Uh, there are, uh, yeah, the matchmaking and all that, yeah, it does your head in. But, um, yeah, I like to have the boys fight locally, so I um, – I try and do one every year. Is it is that the main uh, focus? Is it is it to get the boys fight? Uh, to get the boys fighting, fighting their their hometown. You know they don't. You know there's not many people that do shows down here. So I've been probably the most consistent over the the time period. But like I said, I I do it more. Like I said, just for the guys so they can fight in front of their hometown and um, you know just bring the awareness down here for MMA. Yeah, you know, get the sport growing. 
where do you put promoting fights up to head coaching fighters? Like, where does it sit for you? Down the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer coaching the boys, trust me. <laughs> and and why is that? Is it just the, the headaches of promoting? Yeah, it is. You know, um, you've got to deal with so many different people. And uh, you now some people are really easy to deal with. Other people just don't get back to you, you know. You send them a message, they go, yeah, 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 and then they just go silent on you, you know, and you just want to know what's going on. And that that that's the headache part of it, you know, when you're just dealing with, um, yeah, so many different people. Um, yeah, and it's out of your control. And at least when you're coaching, you, you know, you can say, okay, we're going to do this and do that, and it's in your control, you know. And what's the difference between, and I feel like it, it's good for you to see both sides, but what's the difference between promoting a show in Wollongong and obviously being the head coach of one of the best UFC fighters ever, what's what's the main difference when when working with teams and working with, with uh, promotions? Uh, look, I think just getting back to people, you know, just a simple, hey, he's not available or, you know, just that, you know, just so you know. A lot of them, you know, not a lot. Look, there's a lot of really good um, trainers and coaches out there that, you know, always get back to you and, and everything else. But like I said, there's some out there, you know, even just asking for fighters is just a simple saying, no, I haven't got anyone at this stage, you know. It's just, um, I guess, just simple manners, you know. And then obviously you've got the guys that, um, what do you call it, get injured fighting and then you get the poster fighters, you know. I've had like two of those this, this time, you know, where as soon as they get on the poster, all of a sudden they disappear, you know. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're the ones that probably piss you off the most, you know what I mean? You know, you can understand if someone gets hurt, but, you know, guys just not registering in time, even though they've told you they've registered and everything else, and then comes fight week and it's too late for them to register. And um, then it's, it's really unfair on the other competitor, you know, because he's been training, you know, putting his heart into going out there and putting on, you know, the performance of his life on that show and then all of a sudden because some guy just the ego has got in the way of you know somebody misses out on a fight you know and that, that that's really disappointing but then you've got other guys that you know step up on a week's notice which like has helped the show you know so it's it, it's it's a two-sided coin you know there's some really good trainers out there they know what it's like and if you're short you know they'll, they'll throw somebody in there just to keep your show going. I really appreciate those guys, you know, and I guess any promoter does. And what have you learned from the first show to the 10th? I go really low budget now. <laughs> <laughs> my first show, I lost my, I didn't lose money. I broke even. And then I seen the bag of raffle tickets and I made like $300. But I spent so much money on production, you know, oh, just... Yeah, that, that, that's what really can blow your show out, you know, just, you know, getting screens and lights and sound systems and that, that just, that's a good way to shrink your budget, you know. So it's not something you, you, you want to do in terms of, you don't want to make Wollongong Wars like, you know, taking on Eternal and Hex, you just want it to be a, a oh, consistent no. fight show. No, no, I don't, there's no way I could compete against those guys. And not that I want to, you know. Like I said, if you're doing a show like that, it's it's a full-time job, you know. And I, and I guess if I wanted to do it, I could probably do it, but it's not something I, I, I want to do. I prefer 
you know, coaching the boys and the camaraderie got at the gym, you know, and going away and everything else. That, that They're all the things that I really enjoy. Like I said, this is, I, I guess, a way that I give back to the boys, you know, by putting on the show for them to compete in. Um, so it's a two-way street for me, you know, because, I, I prefer, like I said, I prefer not to do them. But, yeah, the boys hassle me, so I, I, I do them, you know. <laughs> And I suppose it's easier to to get fights when you can make them for the boys. And I'm assuming that sort of motivates some of the guys to get to training a bit more often. Yeah, yeah it does. And look, like I said, a lot of guys don't like going away or whatever, or they want to have their first fight. And I guess they just uh, probably feel a bit safer and everything else when they know that I'm going to be matchmaker. I'm not going to just throw them in the deep end, you know. I mean, although sometimes it does happen, you know, because, you know, when you're fight, fighting a debut, you don't know who you're going to get, you know. It could be completely hopeless or he could be a gun, you know what I mean? Like I always say, you know, Alex had to fight for the first time as an amateur, you know. And, and um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I remember that, you know, it was pretty, um, yeah, it was a, a, a sort of really funny experience because he fought at middleweight and, um the guy when we when we walked in, they walked in at the same time we did, and they could, you know, I looked at them and they looked at us and went, "Ah, oh, we're not fighting him; he's too small." And I looked at them and go, oh, "We're not fighting this guy. This guy's too big." And sure enough, it was this guy, you know. And then, as a coach, or it, just the fact that you've got your fighter, because your fighter safety is is number one in, in a coach's mind. Obviously, looking where Alex is now. If you take yourself back to that moment, was there a bit where you were like really unsure about putting him in there? No, no, not at all. Um, I, I don't know if you know the backstory to it all, but uh, we had like an open sparring day at the gym and Alex um, yeah, sparred this guy that had, oh, I think, five fights. He was a heavyweight guy that was just up and coming and he had, he had five fights, five wins and his coach threw Alex straight in there for the first spar and I was gloving up my heavyweight to put him in first to do a couple of rounds and then once they got tired, I was going to throw Alex in. But they threw Alex in and I'm, I remember running down to the cage to try and stop it, but they'd already started and I went, oh, they've started now. And then probably in the minute or so, Alex submits his guy, you know, and then he submits him again like three times in the one round. I thought, geez, this kid's got something, you know. And yeah, then after that, I, I asked Alex, I said, Are you, you keen to have a fight? And he goes, Man, I've always wanted to have a fight. And bang, that's how, that's how it all started. You know, I think six months later, I think I got him his first fight. Jeez. And as a coach, you're, obviously, you saw that in him early to go, He's got it. With all the guys you train now, obviously, guys are coming all around Australia just to train with you. Is there anyone now that you go, Man, he's, he's got it in him? Uh, look, there's a lot of guys, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to play favourites or anything at my gym, you know. So they, they, they've all got something, you know, um, special to, you know. They've all got some good um, skills and uh, and everything else, you know. I, I, I guess my favourite is probably Colby because he's been with me since he was a little kid, you know. So um, yeah, he, he's he's always going to be there. But we we have got like a, a big you know, from Jared, Lockjaw, Seb, you know, Amina, uh, all, all, all the pros that are there now, they're all, they all train hard, they're all super focused and, and they want to get ahead. So 
they've all got something special to give, you know. And, and like you said, we, we do get a lot of people from different gyms from all over the world. I mean, this week we've had about three or four guys from Singapore. Yeah, guys just come from all over the world, Norway, you name it. They 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 pop in at the gym and want to do a bit of training, a bit of sparring. And then we get all the high-level guys here too, like Jamie and um, Josh Coolabar, Blake Donnelly. Uh, they're, they're all pretty staple guys that come and train with us a fair bit, you know. And then we always get you know, the international guys like Riddell and Craig Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out because we just <laughs> get so many guys, you know. Do you feel like, uh, this is a weird question, but do you feel like you're losing control of just how many people want to be a part of it? And and you are the great mind of, of freestyle, but surely you don't have enough time to spread around to every fighter. Um, uh, I try and sort of, you know, especially with the pros and everything else, it, you know, one, one thing's like working in, in the gym part of it, you know, and working on their skill base and everything else. And you've got to treat each one individually. And it's just a matter of just watching someone for a certain time. I'll give this guy <clears throat> some time. I'm going to work pads with this guy, you know, and, and working a little bit with each person. And then just watching them spar and then watching them go through our, um, you know, a lot of the exercises that we do and drills and um, yeah, stuff and, and see where – Everyone can look good when they're fresh and they're and they're you know and they just come off the block. But once guys get super super tired, that's when you're going to see the holes in their game, and that's what I I like trying to fix that those holes in people's games. You know, some people do it really naturally and pick it up really quick. Other people take a bit bit longer. You know, but then as far as matching them against fighters, that that's a matter of you know. Um, Again, you know, um, just watching, I, I get them to send me the the tape so I don't have to go looking for it, and that saves me a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at it, you know, I, for example, if you were matched to fight, I'll get you to send me your fight, you know, your opponent's fight, so I'll have a quick look, we'll have a quick discussion, we'll start working on things. And then as your fight goes closer, I'll, I'll, I'll really start watching those tapes again and, and just to remind our ourselves what what we need to look out for, what we're going to do and the, and the game plan. Did you ever think that freestyle would ever get this big? I mean, especially when you were traveling around the Himalayas trying to learn the death touch with the monks. Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever think it would get this big? Um, no, I, I didn't. I, look, I've I, I done this as a hobby, you know what I mean? I, I sort of semi-retired from what I was doing and wanted to do something I enjoyed and it just sort of grew from there, you know. Um, yeah, it just just happened, you know. So it's not something that I. I mean, I'm glad I'm going for the ride, but um, it was nothing that I I planned. In, in a way, I envisioned it, you know. When when I first got the gym, and this is back in the day when UFC was still underground, my mate said to me, "He goes, you know, what do you want to get out of this?" And I said, "I'd like to get someone in the UFC one day." You know, that was my my goal, but like I said, it wasn't mainstream. There was no ultimate fighter. There was no nothing. It was still back in the, only when, you know, martial arts guys really knew about the UFC, you know, everyone else thought it was human cockfighting, you know? It is one of those, yeah, things where it's like, it, it's it's really, really exploded. And I feel like, you know, it's, 
a, a bit of luck with a lot of skill. Obviously, you've got to have you know the, the great guy that is that is Volkanovski, but you've proven it with so many other fighters. Like what what you've done with even Colby Thickness. Like he people look at him as like he is like the next the next big thing, and I, I think it's a testament to how much effort you you put in. And I've even asked Alex before, like what makes you so special? And I'm going to ask you a really awkward question. What do you think makes Joe Lopez so special? Look, I think as a coach, you, you've got to put your fighters before yourself and not, not have an ego. And I, I think it's just about caring about for, for the guys, you know. And, and obviously, you've got to understand the sport and, and you know, the what, you know, the, you know, you've got to understand grappling and wrestling and striking. And you, you've got to have an understanding of that. But there's a lot of guys that have that and probably even better than me. But as far as coaching was and everything else, I, I, I really care about the guys, you know. I, uh, you know, I, I don't want them to get hurt. You know, I want them to, you know, perform the best they can. And I'm always looking out for things that work for them. So, it, you know, Alex is built different to Colby, and you know, Colby's built d- different to Jared, and and so on. So it, each person's got their own style and everything else. So. I look at things that complement their styles and, and like I said, and, and try and fix their, the holes in their game where I can see they're weak, you know? And is there any of you that wishes you could have kind of gone back and, and expanded on your own personal fight career at all? Or is coaching always the, the, the main goal? Oh, look, I would have loved to be in this era, you know, back in, you know, back in the day, but you know the that that's just uh, that's not going to happen. So I don't even think about that. I, I just uh, can put my energy into uh, what's yeah for, for the boys and and make them and the girls obviously uh, what's best for them and you know make you know the best path for them and and get them ahead. You know and get them to I guess you know fulfill their dreams. Whether it's getting into the UFC or getting onto some you know one or Bellator or whatever it may be. I'm just there to try and help them uh, get there. And uh, before uh, a few more questions about about the card on the weekend, I just want to ask you a personal question. Did I read somewhere that you were the bodyguard of Michael Hutchins for NXS? I wouldn't say a bodyguard, but I've worked to look after him uh, a couple of times doing, you know, just festivals and stuff. And, And then the... The, the night that he, that Sunday night that he died or a Monday night, I can't remember what it was. He, he was playing at a venue the next night and he, he actually died that morning. They found him. So that, that, that was a bit hectic, you know, that was his first return um, concert. And yeah. Wow. And, and you've obviously had a, a wealth of, of, of experience outside the cage with, with your security and even just your, your traveling on your martial arts journey. Would you have done anything differently leading up to this moment? No, you can't, you know, you can't go back. So you, you know, obviously you make your mistakes and you know, you've got your regrets, but you know, I'm always looking forward. I don't look back, you know what I mean? I, I never, never dwell on things or anything like that, you know? I just look forward and uh, try and make things happen in, in in the future. What fights are you looking forward to the most on the weekend? Well, there's a lot. Of, there's actually there's a lot of good fights, you know, especially from the boys at the gym. You know, I want to see how they they test themselves out. You know, um, you know, young Wayne, he's been you know putting a bit of time in, and his opponent pulled out. You know, like oh, I think a week and a half ago, and 
I only just got him match. So that, that, that was a, sort of like a big relief. But we were training for one guy and now we've got another guy. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just grateful that these guys uh, came in and helped us out at really late notice. And I guess, you know, Mitch, you know, Mitch is on a five-week, five-win winning streak, you know, all by knockout. So let's see if he can uh, get another one tonight, uh, on tomorrow night. And uh, two more questions. Uh, this one is just to help me uh, with downloads and the algorithm. How do you think uh, Alex Volkanovski is going to go against Yaya? How are you guys prepping for that one? Well, we've been getting a lot of uh, kickboxers and uh, Muay Thai guys and uh, also got um, – Carl Van Roon, uh, he's like eleven time, yeah, you know, Taekwondo champion. He's had MMA fights and that, and uh, yeah, that guy's just a kicking whiz. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's a good friend, and he's he's come down. He's going to help out with the camp, which is really really good because he can um, really um, yeah you know, emulate um, Yair really well. You know, he's 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 probably more dynamic than. Yeah, he's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I don't know whether you've seen him or anything. The guy's a freak, you know. He's one of these guys that jumps up in the air and breaks four boards, you know, and does yeah, he can just spin on a on a ten cent piece, you know. He's he's good. <clears throat> and is is the goal to uh, take care of your without looking too far ahead and and have that second shot at Islam, or are we are we staying back at featherweight now? Um. Again, a lot of that's going to be up to the UFC. You know that they've promised us that fight later on in the year. If it comes about, you know, well and good. I, I think you know um, we'll have a probably a little different approach than we did last time. Uh, same goal, to win, or this time to win. And um, but um, yeah, I, I don't like looking too far ahead. I, I just like to see what's in front of us. But um, yeah, that, that that that's what the talks are. But again, I'm not following it up or haven't really even thought too much about it. We've just been focusing on your year. The camp starts next week. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're all good to go. Before I let you go, of course, uh, Wollongong Wars uh, May 12th. I'm really, really looking forward to it because you, you put on a, a stellar show and a stellar camp. I just wanted to ask you this one last question. I'll ask, I ask everyone all the time. After it's all said and done, how does Joe Lopez want to be remembered in, in mixed martial arts? Ah, uh, no comment. I'll let everybody else comment on that one. <laughs> that, mate, that is actually the most Joe Lopez comment ever to that question. So I think you answered that perfectly. You just, you're a man that is, it's the most thankless job. Um, and you require even less thanks than that. And, and everyone speaks so highly of you. And I think, uh, it's more important because it's less about your skill and it's more about your character. So I think if you've done anything, you, you've done all of your fighters proud and and they they really do talk about you more like a father than a coach. So um, thank you for taking the time, man. It's been an absolute honor and I can't wait to have another chat with you in the future. Okay, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate Thanks, mate. It.